you wrestle with brain fog, pay attention. On today's podcast, we're going to look at the rest of the story. You're listening to the Eat Plants Feel Whole podcast. I'm your host, Todd Chobatar. I serve as publisher and editor-in-chief at Advent Health Press. And today we're talking to lifestyle medicine specialist, Dr. George Guthrie, about his book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole. Welcome, Dr. Guthrie. Good to be here, Todd. Thank you. Dr. Guthrie, this is a a topic that I have to tell you I have uh, been interested in for a long time because the work that I do uh, is uh, editing books, reading books, helping authors uh, create book projects. So mental clarity is something that's really important to me. And I have a feeling there's a lot of people listening today that they've struggled with uh, brain fog, with mental clarity issues. Uh, And this is something that you actually address as part of lifestyle choices. Is that right? Uh, you're right, uh, Todd. I think there's an awful lot of people that wrestle with it. I, I know I do as well. Certainly when I'm on the lecture circuit and they give me the, the uh, lecture slot right after lunch, that's absolutely the worst one. Oh, it's hard yeah, for... You don't want to be on right after uh, lunch. You know, it's, but I, why is that? I tell the audience they're fine as long as they don't snore. But <laughs> 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 So, uh, you know, we can look at different reasons that brain fog happens. But I think the overall general reason is a decrease in blood flow to the brain. Oh, okay. So our, our brain, of course, takes a lot of energy going through. Mm-hmm. One might expect that after one ate a meal that uh, you would have good blood flow because the nutrition, the calories are going to the brain, which needs so much of the energy that we actually take in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it ends up that... Uh, when we eat, we often take in foods that tend to decrease blood flow. Ah, so for example? Well, uh, I learned in medical school about something called rouleau. I think that's French for stacked or something like that. Okay. The, re- the red blood cells will stick to each other in these kind of stacks, and then they're going through the blood vessels in these stacks. When they get to small blood vessels, mm-hmm. the capillaries, the red blood cells have to fold in half in order to go through. So if you get these things all stacked up together, they end up slowing the blood flow. So for me as a as a uh, person, mm-hmm. that's not a good thing if I want mental clarity. If you want a mental clarity, you probably shouldn't have a bunch of sugar. And okay. the same could be said for fat. Okay? Fat runs around the body, especially when it is eaten. It goes into the stomach, is absorbed, and then put into what we call chylomicrons, or little packages of fat. Mm -hmm, Actually, they're mm -hmm. big compared to the red blood cells. And those are released into the uh, blood flow somewhere near the heart. And then, of course, they flow out. Those that would go to the brain or other places are more likely to get stuck in those blood vessels. As a matter of fact, the way those little fat globs work is to get stuck, and then an enzyme starts to pull fat out and put it in the surrounding uh, tissues. So an example of something that would be, you know, high fat that might slow me down in that mm-hmm. process that you just described would be like if I'm eating candy bars, cookies, or highly processed foods? Highly or? processed food that tends to have a lot of fat in it. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of our Western food has a lot of extra sugar and fat in it. And both of those will tend to slow the uh, blood flow through the brain. Okay. Now, in opposition to that, or as a way of dealing with that, mm-hmm. a good way to get the blood flowing is to exercise. Uh-huh. Because then the, the um, exercise is moving the blood through the body, mm-hmm. and it's also moving it through the brain. For example, exercise is one of the strongest stimulus we have 
for our brain to make new cells. Really? So it really kind of increases the metabolism of the whole brain when we start to do physical exercise. Now that makes sense to me. Obviously, mm -hmm. uh, my, I'm, I'm going to feel my blood circulating more mm -hmm. uh, when I'm exercising mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. But if, like me, if I get up first thing in the morning and I'm exercising in the first hour or so after I get up, how is that helping me at one o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> when I just had a you know a a, a meal of of, you know, pasta and breadsticks and so forth, and suddenly I'm feeling sleepy. How's it, that actually? It's a, it's a perfectly legitimate question, and unfortunately, the exercise from the morning may not help. <laughs> may not that, help me at noon meal. Okay. I mean, here's what happened to me. I found myself in medical school going to sleep in those afternoon lectures, and I discovered that if I stood up in the back and walked back and forth, uh, the teachers put up with me, yeah. and my fellow students didn't try to all do it at the same time. You know, there's going to be problems with this, right? But just walking kept the circulation going, and I could think. So I'm holding my notepad and kind of writing as fast as I can in the in the back of the room. I've noticed that, too, because I've had to be in some meetings where it's like uh, when I my head starts to droop, I'm like, okay. And I get up and stand in the back. It's, mm -hmm. it's easier if it's like a bigger lecture because then you can kind of be in the that, back. That is correct. So, so it's so, the movement that's helping So movement helps, yeah. sure. Okay. And I, I suppose there's a lot of ways of doing it. If you're having a meeting on the phone at home, uh, you could actually walk. And maybe you've seen some of the uh, kind of encouragement to do walking committee meetings. So three or four people can walk along. You actually think better. It helps get rid of that brain fo uh, fog and you can make things happen. Interesting. So you could have walking meetings yes. if, if uh -huh. you're in, a, in the type of profession mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. meetings are a necessity, that that can help keep mm -hmm. you moving. I like that. There are actually, I've, I know of a physician who set up his desk, uh -huh. <clears throat> computer, and a treadmill underneath. So he walks while he takes care of his medical records and those types of things. Oh, great. So that could help. So that movement helps with the movement mental therapy. Helps. But yeah. I hear you say that even in the moment, so it's mm -hmm. great if, mm -hmm. you, if you're mm -hmm. starting to feel sleepy or you need to, mm -hmm. to get your, your uh, clear some brain fog, um, it's helpful to move in the moment. But even doing that exercise once a day, as opposed to not exercising that day, does have some kind of an effect? Oh, I'm sure it, there's some benefit to the whole physiology, yeah. but it's interesting. If you sit all day and exercise in only one time during the day, the health benefits are not is great. There is a detriment that comes from being sedentary. Uh-huh. So that may be part of what's behind many of the things that we hear these days about uh, benefits of things like standing desks. Yes, if you're a, if right. you're a mm -hmm. uh, someone who has a desk mm -hmm. job that's or, right. you know, to kind of be on your feet and move mm -hmm. around a little bit more. That's exactly correct. So you mentioned two foods in that process that uh, that, well, that, that that can slow. So types sugar, of nutrients, or, or, sugar, yeah, sugar and types fat. Of nutrients, uh -huh. right. uh, are, are there any foods that could benefit... Well, let's step back, okay? okay because right. those aren't really foods, they're nutrients. Nutrients. Thank and you. when yeah. we take food, it's in a package. Mm -hmm. So if this package releases those that fat and that sugar quickly into the bloodstream, you're more likely to have trouble. So if in you know, a different way of thinking of it is to mm -hmm. take uh, the foods and put them in, in a package that releases it slowly. Okay, so slow release. Slow the release is going to be better fast. versus is fast. Better. Okay, all right. So slow is better. And the foods that tend to do that are those that are high in fiber and high in water. Fiber itself actually works as a physical barrier, so the sugar is absorbed more slowly. Oh. Uh, the fat, uh, of course, has a similar sort of a mechanism. So when you take foods that are high in fiber, mm -hmm. it tends to slow the 
ingress of the food into the bloodstream and tends to help you think clear. And you've probably noticed this. Mm -hmm. If you eat a salad mm -hmm. uh, for the meal, your brain is much clearer than if you have a bagel, for example, right? True, yeah. The bagel is very rapidly, most of them are not whole grain. I mean, you're considered yeah. white flour. It's gonna go in quickly, almost as fast as sugar, even though you may think, that's not sweet, I'm not getting any sugar. Yeah. The white flour is actually, actually acting in that way. So compare the two and how that you feel afterwards, you'll find your brain is a whole lot clearer after the salad. Uh-huh. So that would be the difference. If I'm, if I'm looking for an afternoon snack and I've got a choice between a donut in the break room or an apple, mm -hmm. then obviously there's a number of things that are at play there, but the apple is going to help me with mental clarity. I would even argue that the <clears throat> other food you mentioned is called a do not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> do not, donut, yeah. do not, I like that. Sure. <clears throat> so, but it, it's because the apple, not just fresh, but I hear you say mm -hmm. it's got the fiber in mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. high in water also? Uh, high in water, uh-huh. Uh -huh. And yet low in some of those other things, the fat and sugar that you mentioned That's right. previously. That's right. I okay. mean, there's, a, there's pleasure in it. It's filling up uh, mm -hmm. your system. It's providing nutrition, but it's letting it go slowly. So I like this because it's pointing out that there's more to uh, this topic of eat plants, mm -hmm. feel whole. I mean, yes, it's great for like weight and mm -hmm. for other kinds of mm -hmm. things. But when you make this part of your lifestyle, it's a multifactorial thing. I mean, there's 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 benefits to your brain. All in kinds this of things improve when you fix your lifestyle. Uh -huh. And the standard American diet, we sometimes call the SAD diet, standard, standard American, American diet, SAD, all right, tends to decrease blood flow to the brain and mm -hmm. and make things so they don't work as well. So, uh, mental clarity is one of those things that improves when one moves to a more plant-based, whole food, plant-based diet. I'd like to add to that salad you have yeah. for lunch, uh -huh. a bunch of beans, right? Okay, and it, beans, why? Uh, well, because they have a lot of fiber in them, mm -hmm. and uh, they release their carbohydrates slowly. If you have just a salad without the beans, it's very likely, or without kind of the, the protein in it, mm -hmm. it's very likely that in the middle of the later in the afternoon, your, your sugars are gonna get low, you won't have the energy to kind of continue to think. Our brain needs long, slow, gradual release of carbohydrates, not a large amount all at once. So the beans give you that over time. Mm -hmm. Excellent choice. So I like those choices, food and exercise, mm -hmm. depending on how I use those. That helps me with brain mm -hmm. fog. But let's talk about sleep, because I've noticed that uh, when I get a poor night's sleep, or maybe even not enough sleep, that affects my mental clarity too. So how does that aspect of lifestyle play into this? That's important, and sleep is an in, uh, the rest. We've talked about the rest, the rest of, this, of the story. story yeah. The rest helps our brain kind of rejuvenate. The first part of the night, we say an eight-hour uh, kind of sleeping, the first four hours is for cleaning up the garbage, the metabolic garbage of the previous day. Mm -hmm. And then the last kind of half of the night, and we'll take that as a kind of generality, mm -hmm. is in making con new connections. So uh -huh. get the garbage, the waste taken care of, and now let's make those connections that need to be made. And as we do that, the brain heals. You've probably experienced, I know I did in my medical education, when I had to be up for you know, all night and I just, the brain was so foggy. They, they tell us it's uh, like driving drunk when you're really tired. I've experienced that. Mm -hmm. 
That's dangerous, and it's certainly kind of the definition of brain fog. A good night's sleep makes a huge difference in our brain's functioning during the day. You know, when uh, just just speaking of that, because uh, I, I have to say personally, um, in the in the position that I'm in, the job mm-hmm, that I'm mm-hmm. in for for many many years mm-hmm. now, uh, I have worked with a number of authors mm-hmm. uh, in publishing their books, and one of the things that I noticed. Uh, was that I was suffering from from some sleep issues mm-hmm. for a period of time, and it interested me enough. I talked to a lot of different experts and uh, was trying to sort of seek solutions mm-hmm. for my own mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, that there were a few things that I learned that have helped me a lot in my own journey to get a better night's sleep and to help clear that brain fog. Share those with me. And and, and so so I, I'd like to kind of get your feedback mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. and see mm-hmm. see thing. So one of the things that I learned that helped me a lot was mm-hmm. to have um, a, a set nighttime routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, prior to that, I was the kind of person who, because I live in an information world, mm-hmm. right? So I was always on the phone, on my laptop, on the computer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times I was looking at those things, yes. uh, those screens, like right up to the time that I went to bed. Mm-hmm. But but I found that um, when I had my kids, because I have twins, mm-hmm. and so when my twins were young, and I, maybe other parents will be mm-hmm. able to identify mm-hmm. with this, I found that if you want the kids to fall asleep well, uh, having a nighttime routine was helpful for mm-hmm. them. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, for for us, it was, okay, you know, we, we feed our kids supper, uh, and then after that, it's bath time, so you have a bath, and then after that, you know, they get into their jammies, and then we would sit down and I would read to them, you know, a book Excellent. or two. Uh-huh. Uh, after that, we would, uh, you know, uh, take them to bed, have nighttime prayers, and then have a little routine where we would, you know, tuck them into bed for the night. So scientifically, we would call that sleep hygiene. Oh, okay. And, and you're, you're preparing the appropriate environment to kind of get ready for sleep. I'm assuming that while you were doing this for the kids, you were not looking at the screen. Correct. Because, no, you know, screen can set, certainly interfere yeah. with that uh, sleep. That better to leave that off for a couple hours before you go to bed. So the question is, if that works so well for kids, because with my kids, it was, I mean, they would drop off to mm-hmm. sleep almost mm-hmm. right after that. Mm-hmm. So if that kind of having a sleep hygiene routine mm-hmm. works mm-hmm. so well for kids, the question is, does it work well for adults? Should we be doing something similar? Our body works well with routines, mm-hmm. with eating routines and sleeping and exercise routines. So the, the body knows what to expect and actually prepares for that and does better with it. It's less stress when a routine is followed. So in my case, if I have this kind of routine mm-hmm. where uh, at night I picked out a few things that uh, help me to feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. So for me, I fall asleep best if I set aside my phone, laptop, computer, whatever, Excellent. Uh-huh. any screens, a, a, a minimum of 30 minutes mm-hmm. before bed, but I do best if it's about an hour before Good. bed. Good. So kind of lay all of those things mm-hmm. aside. And I have a little routine that I go through, of course, just, you know, brushing teeth and washing face mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. getting dressed for bed, that kind of thing. But then I found that if I go through a couple of other steps where have a little bit of a stretching mm-hmm. routine, mm-hmm. so so kind of, you know. Some movement. Some movement, mm-hmm. uh, relaxed mm-hmm. movement, mm-hmm. not like jumping jacks or things like that. For me, it's more relaxed mm-hmm. movement, mm-hmm. so some stretching. Do a few deep breathing mm-hmm. exercises, which mm-hmm. uh, I, I understand the deep breathing oxygenates sure 
and, and, and the movement there? increases the circulation. Okay, it's good. A, it's helping the brain out. Helping we, the brain we generally out. don't like real heavy exercise. You know, right. you probably better keep that three or four hours away from nighttime because it will tend to keep you awake if you do it too heavy. But mm-hmm. the moderate that you're describing is excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So a few bending, stretching exercises, things like that. And then uh, there was a study that I had read uh, a number of years ago from, uh, um, from, from a researcher out in California that there's a real benefit from writing uh, – uh, a, in a gratitude journal every uh, night. So right before you go to bed, I write out a couple things that I'm grateful to help, for. To help get rid of the worries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So that I'm focused on something positive right. right before sleep as opposed to, okay, did I get that done today? Oh, man, I didn't do that. Oh, I'm going to have to put that on my mm-hmm. checklist to do tomorrow. Rather than my brain kind of cycling through all yes. of the things that need to get done, instead, I'm focusing on things like what am I grateful for, you know, and, and things that make me feel uh, peaceful. You, you've uh, discovered and, and put into... Uh, practice in your life uh, some great sleep hygiene tools mm-hmm. and uh, of course those are easily available for a lot of folks did anybody uh, did you run across uh, by any chance the business of the importance of light during the day and helping you sleep at night yes yes so I, I I had read that it's important to try to get out and get a little bit of sunlight mm-hmm. uh, if you can get some sunlight exposure do you have what's what's are, are there benefits to that well you probably heard of serotonin yeah the mm-hmm. happy hormone it's counterpart is melatonin. There's one step. Melatonin helps you go to sleep. Serotonin keeps you happy. Light tends to push the brain to make more serotonin. Mm -hmm. And when the melatonin is then suppressed, when the light goes off, the serotonin goes down and the melatonin goes up. Uh So having that light helps to keep that seesaw going like it's supposed to. So ideally, you should see light as soon as you get up for about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, bright light, this is very helpful for getting people back on cycle if they've got messed up uh, sleep cycle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then about four o'clock in the afternoon, adding another 20 to 30 minutes of bright light will help you kind of keep that melatonin up throughout the night so you're less likely to wake up in the early morning. Now, I've heard a few folks say that there can be benefit from like maybe taking a short walk after lunch, if you can, before you get get back to work, especially if you can get outside. What are your thoughts on that? I'm all for that. Seeing a light makes a big difference. You know, absence of light can lead to something called depression, right? (laughs) Yeah. They call it seasonal affective disorder, and Mm -hmm. it's just not enough light, there's not enough serotonin. So the more you can get out during the day will help the mind stay clear during the day, help you stay more positive and less negative. So that's a very positive thing. And the more kind of bright light you can see, the better. It takes about 10,000 lux, and it's actually the blue light Mm -hmm. that is the one that does most of the work on the melatonin. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's an important piece. Just... To give you a perspective, a bright, sunny day in Florida, you've got about uh, 30,000 lux of bright light. Uh-huh. So 10,000, okay. even in a cloudy day, you can, you can get enough light outdoors. Uh-huh. So even if it's cloudy, you still benefit yes. from spending some time mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of that. Okay, that's good to know. I, let me just ask one more thing before we sort of mm-hmm. wrap up this topic on sleep. Uh, you know, we hear a lot about the number of hours or the amount mm-hmm. of time mm-hmm. that you need for sleep. Do you have, in your experience working with patients, do you have a recommended amount? Well, we generally say between seven and nine. If you start to get too many hours of sleep, that's a bad sign. It leads to a decrease in health. There are some people who just take less sleep, and we don't always know how to tell the difference between those two. 
the way we often try to tell is, do you have daytime sleepiness? Are you finding yourself sleepy in the middle of the day? Then maybe you need a little more you need uh, more sleep. sleep. So that's a good but indicator. Then, we haven't talked much about this, but there's also the quality of sleep. You know, If you have yeah. sleep apnea, that's blocking your airway in the middle of the night, so you're not getting good oxygen. Your brain is half waking up. You're not getting the deep sleep that you need. Mm. So quality of sleep is also important. So when I talk to patients, I, I'm attuned to really both sides of those. Are you getting enough? And what about the quality? Is there things that we can do to help with that? I'm going to add to that. Please. A big kind of negative. Uh-huh. Sleeping pills should be avoided. Okay. I mean, you can, me why. you can use them for a couple of days, okay, and they may help you go to sleep and wake up, but they mess with your brain chemistry, mm-hmm. and they don't allow the same cycling that normally happens without pills. What's more, you continue a sleeping pill for a couple of weeks every night, and your brain gets used to it. So you're actually back to where you were when you started. But now you have to have a pill in order to maintain where you were. Mm. So it, we could use the word addicting. We could use the word dependent. I, I mean, all of those words, I suppose, give at least part of the picture. Yeah. So I uh, only recommend sleeping pills for a day or two at a time. Yeah. And then um, very rarely should they ever be used every night. On, on, on an ongoing, on an kind ongoing of basis. basis yes. So I like this because uh, when we're w- w- when you're looking at the overall picture of working with your patients, Doctor Guthrie, mm-hmm. on 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 all of the changes that they can make, mm-hmm. this is a key one because sleep, of course, and rest clears the brain. Yes, I hear a saying, and then also helps with energy levels throughout the day. What what, what would you say is the biggest takeaway that you would want someone who's listening today to say, all right? What are, if, 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 if I really want to get rid of the brain fog here, we've touched on a couple. Summarize this for us. Some of the easiest lifestyle changes to make to improve health mm-hmm. are in this area of rest. Mm-hmm. You know, get moving and look at ways to improve your sleep. It's not as emotionally challenging for most of us as is, uh, for example, changing the diet. It tends to be a little bit harder. Yeah. So I would encourage people who are just trying to get started to use kind of the sleep, rest, and uh, brain fog uh, kind of perspective to start their, uh, make early choices, to start their journey. Make early choices, mm-hmm. better choices. Mm-hmm. And what's so great about it is, is that it's, it's I, I love this, how many aspects of the life that it affects. Mm-hmm. It really helps to help me improve in a number of different areas of Every life. positive lifestyle choice you make makes it easier to make the next one. Good, good thing to remember. So as we wrap wrap up, Dr. Guthrie, uh, in your book, Mm -hmm. Eat Plants, Feel Whole, you have uh, a section in the back where you talk about a number of free things that people can access. So if people go to Mm eatplantsfeelwhole.com, there are some free resources that are available there. And one of the things that I love, I just grabbed a copy of your Mm -hmm. book here uh, right now, and you have something in the back of the book called a reading group guide. Mm -hmm. Now this is available for free. Anybody can go and Mm -hmm. download this uh, from, from the website. Uh, tell me about this reading group guide. Why would I want it and why is it important? Well, a great opportunity to help people make changes would be to use the book as kind of a book club mm-hmm. uh, and make it into a lifestyle change. So 
Uh, social support during lifestyle change is very helpful. So if you have a group of friends, you read the book, you, maybe a chapter a week or however it works, and then uh, kind of interact on it, make changes together and encourage each other. The uh, uh, website has a bunch of kind of like questions that go along chapter by chapter to help people uh, make it a social journey to health. To spur discussion sure. and, and then and then encourage other. I like that. I like that. And that social aspect is so important because I find that if there are other people that are on the same journey that I'm on, we support, we encourage each other. Absolutely. And it sure makes it easier to get to the destination that we want to get to. And more fun. More fun. <laughs> Absolutely it is. Dr. Guthrie, thank you so much uh, for your time today. You've been listening to the Eat Plants Feel Whole podcast. This is a limited edition, 15-part series where our goal is to help you to harness the healing power of plants and to transform your health. I've been your host, Todd Chobatar. To find out more about Dr. Guthrie and his work, you can visit eatplantsfeelwhole.com. And while you're on the internet, uh, why not pop over to adventhealthpress.com, where you will discover many more resources to help you feel whole in mind, body, and spirit. While you're there, feel free to sign up for our free newsletter, which has many health tips, some leadership wisdom, and lots of free giveaways. Thank you so much for joining us today.